How are you doing today? Uh, my name is Dan Forrest, and this is the third sermon in Crucible Church's series on the Alphabet Psalm, Psalm 119. Uh, we call it the Alphabet Psalm because every eight verses start with a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And Jonathan Chan has already been preaching on the first four letters, and today I will be preaching on verses 33 to 48, which start with the Hebrew letters He and Vav. And before we dig into this passage, I have a question for you all. What feelings does the Bible stir up in you? And I'm not talking about, you know, what you think of the Bible or what you believe about the Bible. I'm asking, what do you feel about the Bible? Does it stir any feelings in you? I'm sure some of you have feelings of joy from the Bible. But some of you might have feelings of boredom or maybe even dread. How about feelings of anger or disappointment? Well, maybe you have no feeling. You haven't heard anything new from the Bible in a very long time. Or you just don't care about it in general. I don't know where you're at. Well, you're not alone. I too have experienced all these feelings for the Bible. And today, I think it's a good time to spend some time in Psalm 119. Because whoever wrote Psalm 119 wrote it with feelings about the Bible that I want to feel as well. Feelings of immense joy and delight for God's word. So let's just get right into it and we're going to read Psalm 119, 33 to 48. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes, and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant, so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise, that I may answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Well, before we go any further, let me just stop and pray for us. God, I thank you so much for Psalm 119 and, and I thank you for the Bible as a whole. I thank you that you've given us these laws and commands for a reason. You've given us this collection of books for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand what that reason is for today and over the next few weeks. God, I pray that you'd help us to fall in love with the Bible again or fall in love for, with the Bible for the first time if we haven't before. God, open it up to uh, open it up for us to hear uh, anew what you're saying to us today. Amen. Well, even from this small section, we can see that the psalmist deeply loves God's law. This poet he loves rules. Well, if you've ever played board games with me, there's one thing that will come out quite clearly. I also love rules. <laughs> yes, I am that guy. 
when most people get a board game, they skim the rules and they just kind of wing it as they go. But not me. No, I not only read the instructions, I study them. I pour over them so that I can understand every nuance of how the game should be played. And I'm the one who always explains the rules at the beginning of the game and I'm typically the one to enforce the rules throughout. And when we're playing the game, I, I can be kind of a jerk. And, uh, you know, there isn't a lot of grace for me. Everyone must follow the rules without exceptions. And you know, it absolutely drives me crazy when other players don't take the rules seriously, when they don't care about the rules, when they just want to do their own thing. Like in this video clip we're going to see now from the first season of Friends where the guys are trying to teach the girls how to play poker. So uh, take a look now. Okay, so now we draw cards. <laughs> so I wouldn't need any, right? Because I have a straight. Oh, oh good, good for you. you. <laughs> okay, Phoebes, how many do you want? Okay, I just need two. The um, ten of spades and the six of clubs. No, uh, Phoebes, you can't do that. You can't. Oh, wait, I have the ten of spades. Here, no, you want no. Uh, no, see, uh, you, you can't do that. Oh, no, 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 you no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. I don't need them. I'm going for fours. Oh, you're... <laughs> Oh man, I cringe just watching that video. I, I just can't handle it. <laughs> Ross is showing a lot more restraint than I would have. I have such a deep respect and admiration for the rules of any board game. But you know, it's not just like that when it comes to board games for me. I'm like that in many areas of my life. As a kid, I meticulously built my Lego sets accordingly exactly to the manual. And I'm the one who obnoxiously points out spelling mistakes or poor grammar. I'm constantly on the lookout for people breaking traffic laws. I get angry when people cut in line. What can I say? I, I love rules. I love the law. So it's no surprise then that when I first became passionate about Jesus, I approached the Bible in the same way I approach board game rules. I poured over it, searching for instructions on what to do and what not to do. Do not worry about tomorrow. Love thy neighbor as thyself. In your anger, do not sin. Thou shalt not steal. Everything is black and white in the Bible. I love rules. I love the law. But I noticed things weren't quite working out for me. For some, re for some reason, you know, people didn't like my judgmental attitude. Go figure. Uh, they didn't like being told that they were doing something wrong. And come to think of it, I wasn't really enjoying living by these rules either because, frankly, I, I just couldn't keep up with them. I worried about tomorrow. I treated my sister poorly. I stole. I made spelling mistakes in my homework. I got caught speeding. I would break the rules and become increasingly more and more judgmental towards myself and others. Where did my delight in the law go? Well, perhaps the psalmist can speak to me. You know, how can the psalmist write, Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. How I long for your precepts. I reach out for your commands, which I love. This psalm repeatedly mentions commands and rules, and somehow 
The psalmist loves them and finds delight in them. Of the 176 verses in this psalm, almost every one has some reference to God's law, lifting it up and praising it and, and celebrating it. And just take a look at eight verses that I've read already. You can see we have decrees, laws, commands, statutes, word, promise, laws, precepts. Throughout the psalm, there are eight interchangeable words that are used to describe this thing. They're kind of synonyms for the same thing. We have law, testimony, precepts, statutes or decrees, commands, rules or ordinances, depending on your translation. Uh, we have word and we also have promised. Promise. Well, this list looks pretty heavy at first glance, but you know we need to know the context context to really know what's going on here. For starters, when we hear the word law, we can get thrown off. Is this just referring to the legal code? Well, the Hebrew word for law is Torah, and Torah is primarily, um, primarily means teaching. The word law is typically used for the first five books of the Bible. And Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there's much more than just legal laws in those five books. In those books, we have stories. We have poetry, we have prophecy, and all this is given to teach us, to instruct us in how to live. So law doesn't just refer to legal laws, but many different forms of teaching. Both Paul and Jesus at different points even refer to Psalms and prophets as law, even though they contain no laws. So those eight synonyms, they refer not only to single commandments, rules, and laws, but more importantly, to the whole story of God at work in Israel's history. The whole Bible is teaching for us to live by, and that delights the psalmist. In fact, when we teach our kids about God, we tend to focus on the stories rather than the legal laws, don't we? It's because there's something about stories that has more impact on our souls. Like if this sermon was all laws, you would be bored to death. You wouldn't be able to sit through this whole thing. And that's why I want to include stories throughout, because I know that stories impact our souls. And that's exactly what the psalmist is referring to when he talks about the law. He clearly delights in the law because it is a guide for living. So let's take a look at a few verses here. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. We all agree that in order to function as a society, we need rules. We need law and order. You know, this country would be overrun with chaos and corruption without a good legal system. You can see what's happening in the U.S. right now and Belarus and Hong Kong. They're going through their own chaos right now because the people in those societies are not experiencing a legal system that is working fairly or justly for all people. A couple sermons ago, one of Jonathan's main points was that God's commands are given to us for the flourishing of all people. You know, if we all followed God's rules, there would be no evil. We would be in harmony with each other. There would be shalom. A healthy society needs good laws and good ethics to survive and thrive and be unified. And that then gives us delight 
and happiness. So the rules and the ethics of the Bible are so important and should be celebrated. They are a guide and a path for healthy living and for a healthy society. But what happens when we take God's teaching so rigidly that, like myself, the commandments and the promises meant to give us life instead start to suck the joy out of life? What happens when you realize that you can't keep all the commands of the Bible and you can't live up to this standard? Guilt, shame, frustration, empty promises to try harder? How can the psalmist continue to speak of delight in the law? Well, the psalmist delights in the law because he recognizes that truly following the word does not restrict us, but instead it actually liberates us. Take a look at verse 45 again. I've listed three different translations so that we can catch the nuance of this verse. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. Or a New King James says, I will walk at liberty. And in the message we read, I'll stride freely through wide open spaces. If the word is becoming a constraint to you, it's not the word's fault. You're just doing it wrong. There is no set of rules that is perfect. There's always going to be loopholes and contradictions and amendments. And some laws will favor certain people over others. You know, we can't, we can't escape that. Laws can never make you a good person. You know, you can follow all of the letters of the law and still be a complete jerk. You know, sometimes when I'm playing board games, I just have to stop and ask myself, is my dedication to these rules actually ruining the fun for everyone else and myself included? The word was not given to hold us back or to bring us down low, but to give us life and to set us free. And in the last sermon, uh, we read these words from the psalmist. I will run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. I love that saying. You have set my heart free as I run in the path of your commands. And later in the psalm we read, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's what the words of God should be to us. And so when they don't become that to us, we're the problem, I think, and not the rules. As I got older, I realized that my stern dedication to the letters of the law were actually taking away from the spirit of the law. And this became very clear to me when I was an assistant program director at camp. And during training week, I was, I was becoming increasingly frustrated with my boss because he wasn't sticking to the schedule that we had created. And I'd be looking at my watch and muttering to myself. Oh, sorry, long, wrong slide there. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Looking at my watch, muttering to myself, you said we'd be done this team building exercise at 2.30 and now it's 2.37. Ah, after a while, I, I just couldn't take it anymore and I confronted him <laughs> and his response really put me in my place. He told me not to get so caught up on the time, but focus on what was happening in the moment. You know, for having some breakthroughs as a team in that exercise, it's better to keep going with that than to live by the clock. 
The time schedule, it serves a purpose for keeping us in line and on schedule, but there's got to be some flexibility for the spirit of the schedule to take form. And you know, I put this new understanding of time into practice when on a road trip with my former youth group many years ago, we were constrained for time and we needed to keep going. So we stopped for a quick five minute bathroom break, five minutes, everybody, somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and the rest stop was covered with snow. Can you guess what happened next? What was supposed to be a quick five minute stop turned into a 30 minute snowball fight that brought laughter and joy and community. My initial instinct was to rush everyone back to the bus, but I realized there's something more important happening here. Our approach to the Bible needs to have some flexibility and play to it. Someone once told me that the way that we study the Bible should be like jumping on a trampoline. A trampoline is solid and it's secure. The springs are firmly attached to the frame and to the mat, and yet it has room to move. It stretches and flexes, and that's what makes it so effective. It needs to be able to stretch and flex in order to have fun. If we understand the limits of a trampoline, and if we know our own limitations, a trampoline can be incredibly fun and can set us free to jump higher and do things we wouldn't be uh, normally able to do. You know, at my last church, one of the first things that I got to do uh, was go out with the lead pastor and our youth group, youth group to a trampoline park. And these are some pictures from the website of that trampoline park. Uh, I put them up there so you can get a sense of how crazy these places are if you've never been. When our, well, in our group, it was interesting to see how everyone had a different approach to the trampolines. Our lead pastor, he realized his limitations right away. He's not a young guy anymore, and he recognized that if he wasn't careful, he could seriously hurt himself. So he was quite cautious with his jumps. But then there were these young guys who just had no fear. Right away, they're doing flips, back flips. They're having dunk competitions. And then the rest of us, we were somewhere in the middle, just kind of working on our own thing. And I know that I pushed myself pretty hard. I like to do that. And I felt the consequences in my legs for the next week. But the thing is, there's limits to what we can do on the trampolines even. There was a briefing at the, at the beginning with all the things that we could and could not do. We were shown which areas were for more advanced jumpers and which were for beginners. We were warned not to try anything that was out of our skill level. There was trained staff all around watching out to make sure that we were um, working within our limits and doing the right things and not screwing up. If we understand those limits and obey those guidelines, then a playfulness can awaken within us. Even though our lead pastor was taking it easy and not jumping too hard, it was clear that he was having a great time. And even though the athletic guys already had so much experience with trampolines before, they still had so much fun as they pushed themselves to dunk higher and do more backflips in a row. You know, the Bible was written for us to play in. We run in the path of your commands, for you have set our hearts free. 
we really want the Bible to be black and white. And in many ways, it definitely is. There are clear guidelines for right living. You know, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Love your neighbor as yourself and so on. But within those guidelines, there's still a bit of mystery. There's, there's still questions. There's still lots of room to play and dialogue and explore different interpretations of the Bible. You know, Jesus delighted in the words of the Bible. The words of the Old Testament flowed from his lips in his everyday conversations with people. These words were strength to him when he was tempted in the wilderness. And Jesus knew the limits of the Bible and he played within them. He challenged the Pharisees who were rigidly following the letters of the law but had completely squashed the spirit of it. Jesus did things that appeared to break the rules of the law. You know, he healed on the Sabbath. He ate with tax collectors and prostitutes. These are all the things that the Pharisees were saying were against the law. But Jesus didn't actually go against the law. He had a fuller understanding of what the law was intended for. Jesus didn't come to take away all the rules and say, Hey guys, you can just do whatever you want. No, Jesus came to dig deeper into the scriptures and show us things we didn't even know were there. Well, after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and then sent his Holy Spirit to us. And, he, and by sending his Holy Spirit to us, that gives us and his disciples not only the freedom, but also the ability and responsibility to interpret his word together as a community. If the Bible was perfectly clear in every situation, we wouldn't have thousands of denominations fighting over whose interpretation is correct. God doesn't intend for us to fight over theology, but he wants us to play together within its limits. We need to recognize that no one church has it, has it right. We need to hear each other and respond with different voices and with different opinions. And we've all got a part to play in interpreting scripture as a community of Christ followers. Whether you've got a master's degree in theology or whether you've hardly picked up the Bible, you've still got the Holy Spirit in you to interpret the scriptures together. And just because we disagree with each other on some things doesn't mean that we have to hate each other. Let's disagree with each other like we're playing dodgeball on trampolines. It's fun to bounce our interpretations off each other and to challenge each other to think differently. But we're not trying to hurt each other. You know, you can get some good body shots and there, have some fun. But don't hit people in the face. Come on, guys. We need to be gathering together to talk about the Bible. And talk about what God is speaking to us personally through his word. So that we can figure out what God is saying collectively to us as a church. You know, it's not good for me or Jonathan to stand here and tell you what to believe and how to live your life without any dialogue. We're humans just like you. We're filled with God's spirit just like you. God speaks through all of us. So let's make it a priority to meet together and discuss the Bible. Get into some healthy arguments about it and encourage each other. God did not give us the Bible to hover over us dictating our every move. And it's, it's also not a one-page instruction book that we keep in our back pockets that we occasionally go to for advice. It's the Word of God that we enter into and dialogue with. 
It's the story of God and his creation that we're a part of, that we interact with, and that we wrestle with. So, as we go from here, may you be set free to enjoy the goodness of God's word. May we all find joy as we jump on this trampoline together and as we discover new ways to experience life to its fullest through these words. Let me pray again for us. God, once again, thank you so much for the enthusiasm and excitement of Psalm 119, reminding us, God, that your word is good and sweet and sets us free. And Lord, when we come to your word and we feel it constraining us and putting us down, I pray that you would help turn that around for us, open it up so that we can be set free again to live the way you want us to live in freedom and truth and love and life. Amen. All right, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you all again uh, this Sunday. have some discussion questions for you to consider. Uh, So these are the three questions that we're going to be discussing on Sunday in the Zoom conversation. The first one is, what is your favorite board game? What games do you like to play? And how do you approach the rules? Sometimes the uh, the games that we play tell a bit about who we are as people and what kinds of things we like. Uh, question number two, what have been some of your struggles with the Bible? You know, we all have different uh, experiences with the Bible. What have been some of your struggles with it? And number three, what was a time, when was a time when the Bible really came alive for you? I'm sure for many of us, it's it's probably the first time we really became a Christian and started reading the Bible and Things started popping out that were just new and fresh to us. Or maybe it was later in your Christian life when you came to the Bible again and and God spoke something new and fresh and alive for you that day. So I want to encourage you to think about these questions and uh, ponder them so that we can have a great discussion on Sunday. I look forward to uh, gathering together with you and worshiping and uh, discussing these things. So blessings on you over the next few days and see you on Sunday.